Hello and welcome to this episode of Haunted Histories being recorded on the hottest day that the UK has ever, ever seen. So if you hear my voice starting to do that, it's because I'm melting. I am melting. I mean, I'm in the south of the UK as well. So um, we know that it was well over 40 degrees here during the day. And uh, as I was telling my guest, we don't have aircon in this country. In fact, I did read that the government's recommendation, if you're too hot, was either go to church, because the churches are nice and cold, or don't do all your shopping in one go. Spread it out so you can spend more time in the supermarkets that are air-conditioned. I, That just is really the sort of things I can imagine us being given. Anyway, what's happened since I last spoke to you? Well, you all know I got to visit the Tower of London with my last podcast guest, the wonderful Mr Tom Horton, whose tickets are now on sale for his gigs next year so if you're in the UK and you want to go and see a very funny comedian do go and I say I did get to spend an hour at the Tower of London and I got released and he let me back out again at the end of it so that was all good that was all good I also got to do my investigation at REF Tibbenham with some wonderful members of the public and some wonderful volunteers as well the other weekend and that was a bit of an experience and those people who are running these kind of events for a living I take my hat off to you because it's not easy. It's not easy. But my guest tonight is a a lovely young gentleman who I met when I was lucky enough to be one of the special guests at the Festival of the Unexplained earlier this year. And I can say he's one of those people who, when I first met him, I thought he doesn't like me very much. He's not speaking to me. He's not interacting. And then I worked out he's one of those watchers. He's one of those people who sits in the corner and watches until he decides whether he likes you. And I realised he actually did like me when he offered to help me get up on a bench so that I could talk to everyone when I was doing the Bosworth thing, because he's quite tall and I'm quite short. It's the wonderful, the lovely, that never let him near your phone unlocked, Mr. Daniel Case. Hello, my lovely. How are you? Hello. How are you doing? I'm hot. <laughs> I know. That's that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's when I wish I was in the States, because at least in the States you have aircon everywhere. I know, it's about 20, 23 degrees here today. Mm. Not too bad, right? That's quite pleasant. That's, yeah. Well, I'd say we're norm- we'd normally be about 25, 26 at this time of year. Yeah, yeah. It's, a nice, it's a nice day today here. Mm. Sunny, beautiful, not so 40. Apparently we're hotter than Barbados today, which just isn't right, is it? No, things are changing. <laughs> things are changing, huh? They must either that or I've gone to hell and nobody's told me. <laughs> yeah, well, you can always go to the grocery store later. I mean, t- yeah, whatever, you know. I did okay. that, that. That advice did make me laugh. Yes, <laughs> don't do all your shopping in one go. Spread it out so you can spend more time in an air-conditioned supermarket. I oh, mean, wow. gravy. Yeah, yeah. So, so we met in March didn't we? And yeah, you were laughing we on camera when I was saying that I thought you didn't like me. And then I realized you were one of those watcher types and you were nodding your head. You I are, just like aren't to, you? I like, to, I like to take everything in mm-hmm. and uh, I like to feel people's personalities and I like to, I don't want to offend people. I'm in a new country. I'm, I'm meeting a lot of new people and I just, uh, I, I like everybody to get along and everybody to like each other. And, um, you know, you just got to see how, how people are. And, and mm. then obviously, um, 
I came to the conclusion by the end of the festival, you know, explain that everybody's a bunch of party animals and everybody likes a nice brew. And uh, we're, we're, it, was, it was a really fun time and you could really let, let loose and just be who you want to be yeah. yourself. So Very much. Fun. Yeah. I was actually stone cold sober on the Saturday. Oh, yeah. I didn't drink a thing on the Saturday. Oh. Well, that was your day, though. You had to be when- prep and proper. Yeah, my Friday, Friday, I think Friday night I had a couple because of doing the talk during that that Bosworth tour uh, that you were you were my flag bearer. Yes, I was. Great job you did there. Thank you very much. And obviously our mutual friend, Mr. Rob Thompson, was Henry, Henry Tudor. Um, I think he quite enjoyed that role. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So that night, yes, I did allow myself a couple of vodkas and Diet Cokes to sort of decompressed but yeah the Saturday night I thought nah I'm not what drinking would you get for that rain today holy cow it would be oh, nice it would be nice it would be nice that thing Hold is that I I mean everyone said to me who came on it they didn't even notice the rain because no, no. is that true or are they just being nice to me I, no I think that I think that it was just so interesting that it was just like it was like a normal presentation it didn't even mm. matter how the weather was it was uh it was just fun it was a fun time Good, good. And I hear you're coming back next year. Yes, I was invited and I'm excited to be coming back. I think it's going to be a fun time again. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously lessons learned from this year, things that might be done a little bit differently. And I know, um, I know Rachel and Karen are working hard. Oh, yeah. I think half the VIP tickets have already sold. If I'm I think I think more than half the VIP tickets mm-hmm. are already sold. I, you know, I've been talking to Karen a lot and uh, giving her, giving her my, my two cents and uh, in a, in a, in a very constructive way, in a very positive way. Mm. Uh, I've been involved with a lot of festivals and I, and yeah. I really, truly like the way that, that she ran it um, because of the, the, how close everybody got to be, you know, yeah. the proximity and how, how you really get to know all the people that you're with. Um, mm. I really like that aspect of what she's doing as opposed to having everybody sitting in a big hall with a table and, and everybody's going, going around in a circle and then the day is over and you see all these pictures of yourself that you don't know who the people are, you know? And, yeah. and, and this, in this, for instance, you get to dance with these people, you get to drink with these people, you get to take pictures with everybody and you, you become kind of like a little family by the yeah. end of it. And I just really liked, liked that whole aspect of it. And yeah. uh, she's tweaking it. And I think uh, we'll just see, see how she does with the next one. I think that she, yeah. she can only, it can't get any worse and it can't get, it can get a lot, it can get better too. You know it what I mean? Improve. So, yeah. It can only improve. You're never going to, you're and, never going to do perfect on your first go. And it was her first uh, go at running one of these, which is incredibly brave. The fact that she sold out over half the VIPs already tells her that she did something right. So. Very much so. Very much so. I look forward to seeing who else is going to be on the list. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I may have a little insider, but we'll see. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you and Karen discussing who to get who to get on the list, but no, I I only know what I see announced. Mm-hmm. So I've had people going, who to, who else do you know? Are you going? I don't know. I don't know. I know not. I know not. All I know is who's been confirmed. And Stay tuned. Get your VIP tickets now, and uh, and you, then you can be excited when you know that you get to meet these people when they come. Definitely, definitely. So Hinsdale House is what you're famous for. Yes. In fact, I can, if I put this on, I don't know if I put this on the video, but just behind your head is a nice poster. Is that the film that was made of? No, Batman? this is actually um, a, 
a giant recreation of Andy's ad that he put in Haunted Magazine that oh. I had put on my wall. Okay. So this is just a promote. It was a promotional ad for Hinsdale House, and I just liked it so much that I blew it up and threw it into a big frame, put it on my wall. He's rather bloody talented, that Mr. Saw, isn't he? He certainly is. Mm. Yeah, because he, he's done all the covers of all my books as well, and I wouldn't go to anyone else, if I'm honest. Yeah, he he's comes amazing. up with something left of field. And, and you're a Haunted Magazine stockist as well, aren't you? I am. I have, uh, I, I do the, I do Canada and the United States, all the subscriptions and uh, uh, any type of uh, mail orders or anything like that. So, mm. so you're, you're part of that team as well that I'm part. We've got, we're in so many teams together here, Dan. You realize that, don't you? Yes. Ah. Yes, we are. And ah. we, we didn't even know it. We didn't even know. We didn't even know. But Hinsdale House. Hinsdale House. Now, let's go down to the basics here. For those of us who who um, don't really know the geography of the states, tell me where is Hinsdale House exactly? So Hinsdale House is in New York State, uh, not New York City, uh, New York State, and it's on the western side of the state in the southern tier. So if you if you keep traveling along New York State, you're at New York City, and you keep going all the way as far west as you can go, you're going to get hit, hit Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. Many people know who the bills are, so maybe that will put it into proximity. Now, you got to travel about an hour and a half south of Buffalo, New York, in the hills of Cattaraugus County. They call it the Enchanted Mountains, and there will sit a house, the Hinsdale House, uh, alone on the top of a mountain, basically, with very little uh, neighbors or anything like that. It's just uh, a lot. It was 100 acres of farmland with a house on it. Wow. Because wasn't it part of a town called Olean? Olean? Olean, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Olean is an, a neighboring town. Right. Uh, Hinsdale, Hinsdale was actually the largest town in, Hins, uh, in Cattaraugus County until it was burned down uh, by a war between the settlers and the Native Americans. And then o Olean became the largest town in Cattaraugus County, and it still is to this day. Okay. And it's about 15 minutes down the road. Okay. So to us in the UK, 15 minutes down the road is, is a long way. It's yeah. not like the next town. That's like the other side of the county almost. It's that's one of the things that when I'm sort of talking to people from the states, from Canada, Australia, even, and they're saying, "Yeah, yeah, it's the next town. It's an hour and a half away." It's like what? That's like <laughs> the other side of the country for me. Um, it's quite it's quite hard to get your head around it. So, the house itself, when was it built, and do you know by who? So the house was built in 1853 by the Everett's brothers. Right. Uh, from what I can look back on. Uh, it, it's weird because you, when I first got the house, um, you get information and you base, I mean, you have to have a story, you know, in mm. order to, and you, you kind of go with what you're told. And then as you start researching and then you find other people that research, this, the story evolves and the story changes. And I'm, I'm okay with that because um, I, I can say that, like at the beginning, I was wrong on a couple of things and my timeline was off and I was able to get corrected by somebody and people are scared. It seems like people are scared to correct other, you know, like an owner or something like that. But I just, I suck it in and I'm excited because it opens up a whole new leg of mystery yeah. to the location. You know what I mean? And I've always been one to take criticism well and I've always been one to want to work with other people because I've I've been come in contact with some amazing researchers way better than me and I appreciate them so much because 
they know where to look for things mm. and where to find things. And it's, uh, they have access to things that I don't have access to. And when you can put something in and it, it collaborates, maybe a story or some folklore of the location, it's really, it's really important to me mm. and being able to tell the story correctly to the people that come there. You also need to find one who's a complete nerd who to them, a good night out is being stuck in the archives for six hours looking for stuff. Yes. We, we were a rare breed. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'd have a problem with that either if it was the right archive, you know? Yeah, I was trying to think which one for you. It probably would be, uh, I don't know if New York State has an archive or there's if a, it would be the there's an There's an archive at St. Bonaventure College that is locked and I can't get in it, even though the box has Hinsdale House on it. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the people that are in there are, it's a Catholic, uh, you know, um, school and I think controlled yes mm. they're, they're controlling the living still mm. but I bet you there's some interesting information in there well I know some people to them the most the archive that they would break into and risk being put in prison is the Vatican is to get into the Vatican records and see just what's in there because yeah it could but, very, yeah. very interesting that's mm. well you mentioned the, the the college obviously that's got the big link to, to Hinsdale I mean we're jumping forward 120 years here but True. Um, and we're going to come back to that so keep keep that thought but why did you buy the house in the first place I mean you didn't buy it to live in it did you you didn't buy it as a family home what no what possession <laughs> literally um, I mean as an as an investigator somebody that explores the unknown um, it was a location that really stood out to me uh, going there as an investigator Right. Um, things happened. The vices went off and things happened that I couldn't explain. And I kind of felt like the, there was uh, voices and, and the energies there needed to have a voice. Then uh, they couldn't talk and they weren't having the ability to talk because everybody always focused on what happened in the 1970s there. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of layers to this place. There's a lot of uh, different things that have happened there on or around the property. And um, it's not being looked at. It's only everybody focuses on this failed exorcism in the 1970s. Yeah. Not that that's not important or a good story, uh, but it's it, in order to find out what's making it tick, you really need to dive in more. And that's what I started doing. And it, it was weeks before the house is to be torn down. Uh, all the electrical and duct work was ripped out of it. It's just, it was a shell uh, right. ready to be torn down. And I was in the kitchen and I actually have it documented on my YouTube station and just me, my, the co-founder of my paranormal group, uh, the, the manager of the house at the time, Michelle, and a camera guy, Tim Shaw. And we, uh, they were talking about the exorcism, nothing was happening. And then finally, I just, uh, some of the research that I'd done, I had researched the older couple that lived there in the 1980s, the Misnicks. And I said, Flo, are you here? Because I knew she had passed away. And I got a, just a jolting sensation up my arm, goosebumps, hair standing up straight, and the K2 mm -hmm. meter in my hand went all the way to 500 milligauss. And I continued to have what I felt was a full-fledged conversation with her mm -hmm. um, to the point where I said, Flo, will you hold my hand as we go up the stairs? And the K2 meter stayed lit in my hand all the way up the stairs into the master bedroom. Yeah. And then I lost her, but I felt very connected with her. And, and then just to add to the synchronicities, the next day I posted a picture of the Hinsdale house up on my timeline on Facebook and was bragging a bit about uh, being there. And uh, I get a message from... Uh, this lady named Jackie Chandra, who happened to be Flo, Mo Flo Misnick's granddaughter. And she says, oh, you were at my grandparents' house. And I said, what? 
So it really just kind of locked in for me mentally, if I can get this done somehow that I wanted to try to save this place, even though it needed so much work um, to even stabilize the location. Um, that was a tough sell to my wife. You know? <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it was that, that moment that I knew that I wanted to try to save it if possible. And it was actually almost to the wrecking ball. So, and we were yeah. able to save it. Wow. I do think it's, I mean, it's, you know, saving some of these places. There's, there's a couple of people in the UK who are doing that a lot. They're taking over places that are derelict and doing them up so that groups can go in and investigate and help fund them and everything else. And I, I do think it's important with the history because whether, you know, you, but, but, but one of the things that I, I sort of have read about with the Hinsdale house is there's a lot of kind of opposing views as to the folklore that's around the place and the truth and there's there's a couple of bloggers who seem to be very very sort of antagonistic about the folklore you know they're like this is rubbish you're just trying to promote something you're just trying to make it look worse than it is etc etc and what you're saying about research is saying actually I think you're wrong I think this is what happened you know they don't Mm. seem to want to do that they seem to want to make someone look like an idiot well, I'll tell you what, if, if it's in regards to one of the bloggers that you came across, Cassidy, um, we're really good friends now. Like it, it took a while because she was very close with Clara Dandy, who lived in the house in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And I knew in order for me to have to break through uh, to get to speak to Clara and actually get her story, she had to know me. She had to, to know who I was, what I stood for. And what my my ideas were for the home to mm-hmm. protect it and protect its stories and make sure that the stories were told right. Uh, at the beginning, it, me buying the house probably came across as he's buying it to make money. He's buying it to and and, and she can attention see. seeking. All <laughs> yeah, of that yeah, you thing, can yeah. see you can see the difference. I mean, you can see all the money that's been put into it if you look at pictures from when I bought it mm. to what it looks like now. Um, and, and it's it's all about doing things the right way and for the right reasons. Eventually, um, you know, she she got a hold of me, which I was like, she when she called me, I was like blown away, and she's like, "We need to go have a beer," and I said, uh, "Tell me when and where." And I drove all the way down there, and we sat and we talked for hours. And she's like, "I really didn't want to like you," she said. She goes, "But I kind of do, you know, I I, I do." And, and we've been friends ever since. Oh, and good. She's an amazing researcher. Um, she's actually helped. She's helped me out a lot with the history of the house. And if I ever, she's helped me out with things that I found uh, at the house. Um, and I've also discovered things that she hasn't figured out and she's pissed about it because she's, she knows she's a good researcher, um, but we've actually uncovered things that she couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, all, it's all good, you know? I mean, it's all working together. And if I didn't have her pieces of information, maybe nothing would have been uncovered. So that's what I always preach to is work trying to work together don't hold grudges against people you don't know until you know what until you figure out that they're an ass then then fine hold a grudge if you want but um it's uh it was her blog i was alluding to yes oh was it yeah i don't see i don't even mind i don't even mind saying her name because she's a one she's she's amazing oh no i was i was very impressed with it as a researcher myself yeah, I, I was like the level of detail in this absolutely blew no, me away. She also had the benefit of she worked at St. Bonaventure. So she had access to things mm. that I didn't. Ah, yes. So. Oh, I was you can tell her from me. I, I as a fellow researcher, I, I was incredibly impressed 
with what she and the way she laid it out as well. The Hinsdale Follies. And boy, did, when that was spreading around, boy, did there were certain people you could see the ones that wanted to see me fall. Mm. The ones that were sharing it and say, see, he's a liar, blah, blah, blah. And it's, that wasn't my wasn't my intention. My intention was to raise funds to fix the place up, basically, and use it as a research center and be very casual about it. You know, I wasn't mm. going to turn it into a fun house. I wasn't going to. And I still to this day will not. I've had people say, well, let's have a Paracon. Let's, I'm not, it's, it's not the way the people roll up it's up there. They, people come to Hinsdale because they want it quiet. Right. <laughs> they, don't, they don't want 150, 200 people there. If you want to do that, you go to, down to the field, down in uh, down Route 16, but you don't bring it up to the hills, you know, and you have to respect the neighbors. You have to respect the people that live on that hill. And uh, it, it, it took a while for the neighbors to, to, for the neighbors to like me as well because they thought I was going to turn it into a fun house, you know, like, and that wasn't my intention. And they can see now that it's a well-kept maintained farmhouse from the 1800s. And uh, so is it a farming area? Is the, that area a very strong rural sort of area itself? It is a lot of farms coming up the hill, a lot of acreage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine's I have 10 acres now of the original hundred because it was split up in two Mm -hmm. little plots, but trying to get some of it back. Mm, interesting. Well, I'm glad to hear that that amazing researcher and you uh, are friends because say I was I, I was incredibly impressed with her articles that I was reading and I, I was kind of a bit protective over you thinking people make mistakes, you know, and then say so it's it's quite, well, it's quite good to it just she just had to come to that realization, you know, that that's mm. the way it was, you know, and I'm not I wasn't as well versed as she was, but I was interested in preserving the history. Mm. I mean, that's one of the things that I've I've learned doing haunted histories for the last six years is dig into these. Don't take these folklore as fact. And it, it, that's that's why I set up haunted histories in the first place, because I was getting so fed up with people coming out as fact, things they'd read on the Internet or something a medium had picked up and then they've built this story around it. And anything that's happened from 1800 onwards, it's actually quite easy to check. If someone's died, if someone's been born, if something, uh, especially in the UK, if something was run as a, a children's home, for example, it's very easy to correct, to check. And these stories seem to, one place would have all these stories about it and it'd be like, nah, this doesn't sound right. And, th- and that's why I set up Haunted Histories to sort of dig into these things and show people that the truth is actually sometimes more interesting than the things that they concoct. So um, it it was interesting to read that. Now, one of the things I did read about the area that I thought was superb was it was part of the Underground Railway, wasn't it? Most of Western New York was because of its close proximity to Canada. Yeah. Uh, You're you're talking right on the Niagara Niagara region, Niagara Falls. You know, uh, we're only 20 minutes from Niagara Falls. Uh, Hinsdale uh, is about about an hour and a half to two hours, depending on where you would go over. But yeah, I mean, it's, it was right in the real close to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a, a definitely a heightened area to, to bring up the, the slaves for the mm. Underground Railroad, for sure. So I was thinking that from an energy perspective would have been a sort of thing for the land to, to be absorbing that kind of energy. Now, one of the, one of the um, t- stories for want of a better term, about Hinsdale from the 1800s, was that it was run by an inn for a while because it was a stagecoach route. And these two inn owners, Ian and Richard, I believe are said to be their names, were murderous rapists. Yeah. Over to you. 
I mean, there's no proof of any of that. And uh, I mean, it's it's interesting because as you dive into the folklore and the stories that are told, um, you, you, you have to make sure that you say it as such. You can't just say that there's these, these people that uh, were murdering and raping and killing people. You know, there's no proof of that. So it's, you know, there, there really isn't at this point. I can say that we have found um, while we were excavating some of the property and taking some of the dirt that was dumped from the pond that was built there um, on the right side of the pond and flattening that out, we were able to find an old, an additional building, uh, the foundation from an additional building. All right. And maybe that has something, maybe that was the original foundation, maybe that's an outpost, I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, I... I'm, I do everything. I try to go above and beyond to make sure that people don't pin anybody as murderers or rapists unless they were convicted in court at this point. You know, we've, we've also, um, in order, you know, because even like from the way that I tell it to maybe one of my guides that checks somebody in there for the night and tells the story, it sometimes can differ. So what we've done at the house is we've actually made like little plaques that you can scan Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. as you enter the home. And then there's 11 of them throughout the house that will help okay. tell the history, uh, share evidence, uh, do interviews with Clara Dandy, interviews with the priest from St. Bonaventure, all things at their fingertips of the history that they can get to help utilize mm -hmm. in their investigation. Wow. Wow. That sounds yeah. fascinating. It's well, I, I, I did do a little look to see if I could find any hotels that were in inns that were in Hinsdale. I, I'm, I'm that nerdy, honestly. I really am. And all I could find was two names who lived in Hinsdale, your Hinsdale, not one of the other Hinsdales anywhere else, who were on the census records for, let me check what year it was, 1880, were down as hotel keepers. And oh. there were two. And there was a hotel, the Hinsdale Inn, uh, that was on Route 16. Um, and I actually have some of the, what did I get from there? Oh, I have an old matchbook cover from there before it got torn down. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple of things from the history of that, that hotel where it used to be. Mm. Pretty, pretty so there were two, two hotel keepers. Now it doesn't say on the census where they lived. That's why the your American census it wasn't completed the same way. Ours normally would have the road names and everything else. Yours just has the area. Uh, but there was two of them and the link to the two of them I found when I dug deeper to them one was quite a bit older than the other one but they there was an Irish link and a New York City link with both of them so I'm wonder I couldn't I couldn't find it with the access to records I had in the UK but I did wonder if maybe one of them had married the relative of the other one with the what Irish was name, what was the last name um, Norton and Hastings. Hmm. Well, we got. I mean, send me the information. We can have it looked at. You know, and, mm. and uh, see if there's anything that, like, one of our researchers here can look at it. Yeah. See it, so. Yeah. It, we had a we had a James Norton in 1880 for for Hinsdale. Go on, you say the county name because I can't say it. Cataraugus. That's the one. Um, he was born in 1824. No, he, yeah, he was 1824. He was married to a Julia. And then there was a George H. Hastings, who was married to Mary. Now, he was born in 1844. And it looks like he fought in the Civil War because he was getting a Civil War pension, which I thought was quite cool. Um, and he was from New York. So New York City, like Big right. Apple, New York. 
for anyone listening, not New York State. It did actually say he was New York City. Now, many, uh, many of the settlers all started off in the city mm. and that kind of spread out. But I did actually look up his Civil War record because, again, that's what us researchers do. We find a thread and we just keep tugging it until we get to the end. And it looks like he was he was in in it from where did we I write it down here March 1862 to and he was he was he was out by the 24th of October 1862. So I do wonder if he was injured or something to only have been fighting for that shorter yeah. space of time. But yeah, he was a civil war. And to still get his pension, he probably was injured. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was that was quite quite interesting. But there was an Irish link with both of them in, in New York. And um, I do know from stuff I've done before that the Irish community in New York tended to be quite, close they all tended to be in similar same sort of areas didn't they they it wasn't like they were yeah. spread out and there was also places. a big uh big contingency in buffalo new york as well south south buffalo irish community it still mm. is to this day but yeah so i thought that was quite interesting there was two hotels now whether they worked at the same hotel together i don't know sorry that was my dog i know that um george ended up in 1901 running a hotel called the olide hotel somewhere else in new york state um but yeah i thought that was quite interesting so i did uh, that's how much of a nerdy researcher i am <laughs> well that's cool though you never know you never know what you're gonna find exactly so there is a chance it might have been runners and in for some time because i doubt they were both running the hinsdale inn um but who knows so those are that's something that i found when we're, we're sort of looking at the events that have happened there. I mean, you, you, you mentioned the, the 1970s and the Dandy family, which yeah. is where it really gets sort of well known because Clara did, she wrote a book about it, didn't she? Echoes, Echoes of the Morning? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and they moved in in 1971. And that, that, that got me thinking that when we think about the 1970s, the late 60s, early 70s, there does seem to be a real proliferation of hauntings and almost like horror book type hauntings coming out from that era and it might be so you've got the Enfield haunting obviously in the UK you've got the Piron family haunting as yes. well conjuring as most people know by you have East Drive in the UK which was late 60s you've got Hinsdale as a researcher and somebody who's got a lot of experience and somebody who works closely with Nick Groff on Death Walker amongst other things and i know i know how nick likes to dig into theories and you know how you know you don't get to see that in some of his television stuff do you but when you talk to him oh yeah uh, yeah him and i had a three-hour conversation about this when we met so i know i know what he's like i'm presuming you're similar why would all these suddenly come up in the 1970s what what could have caused it i mean i think that I mean, if you think back before that, before the, the, the eras before that, I mean, the 1800s, the late 18, up to the late 1800s, you could get killed uh, for speculating on something like that. So it wasn't something that you would talk about much in the States. And if you did, man, that's risky because uh, they were all about witchcraft and, and, and things like that. Um, and I think that, you know, most most of the country was christian you know uh, catholicism was the biggest religion it still is i think in the states right now mm. and it was it was frowned upon you know the, the 
trying to dabble in that type of stuff. Um, you know, it was like kind of like a sin, you know, something you have to go to church and pray on uh, if you. Uh, but I think I think it was happening. I think that uh, people probably just tried to push it off on and, and, and try to pretend like it's not there um, to the point where it got real, you know. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just like a lot of things, how things evolve, you know, and, and a lot of these stories were prior to like the movie The Exorcist coming out prior to where they really pushed the boundaries with this type of stuff. Um, you know, I, all I know is that they came when the Dandy family came out with this information, they they were they had like a big uh, bullseye on their shoulders. Uh, they had people breaking into their house. They had to have watch guards because. Uh, it was all over the news and, and, and people didn't believe them. Hmm. Uh, you had a similar thing with the Enfield hauntings in the UK. I mean, I, I, I actually, I don't, I'm slightly too young to remember them being in the news, but I actually met someone who went to school with one of the girls who lived in the house. And she said, we were there. She said, I was only about eight or nine, but I remember her coming to school and looking more and more tired every single day. And then we saw her picture in the paper and we found out, what was going on and she she said she was kind of almost a bit like a this is very unpc to say this but a circus freak because uh, of what she was going yeah. through um and although i think in the uk because we we don't have the sort of when we've we've not got the religious side that america has got anymore we did 200 years ago but not now um it, it, it was more a case yeah so I just it just it was just something I thought of and um I mean I know the Warrens were involved in a lot of those sort of cases and they were very good at publicizing things and everything did they ever come to Hinsdale when they did they did yeah mm -hmm. yeah I just had um it, I just had the group one of Tony Sparrow's his group Nespers were up at the house this past week and uh Tony's Tony's been there um, and I know like even during paranormal lockdown, if you can even recall back to the Hinsdale house episode that Nick did, they called Lorraine while they were at the house and they said, Lorraine, we're up at the Hinsdale house that you guys went to. And Nick said, um, or Tony said, do you have any advice for Nick? And she said, go to church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they were, they were often called upon to do lectures and with it being a, a Catholic uh, college, St. Bonaventure, they had been called in a few times, I believe, to do some lectures at the college in Hinsdale's 20 minutes. The, the house right. is 20 minutes away, and Father Alphonsus had uh, spoken with them and then invited them up to see, get their perspective. Okay, so let's, let's, let's go to that now. We've mentioned Bonaventure a few times. So this links into when the Dandy family moved into the house new family home very excited everything else and things started happening lights going on and off doors slamming banging in the walls mm -hmm. um and they they asked for help and the, the, this this priest from the college came to perform an exorcism is that correct First he came, i mean he, he took it step by step i mean he did uh, they they were talking for months before he even came there uh, according to clara um, and the first thing he did is come and perform a mass there. Uh, you know, he came and came to the house and the family all were in the kitchen and they performed a mass. And then he left and they, she said things died down for a little bit, but then it came back full force. 
So it, it just kind of, you know, you want to kind of cross your T's and dot your I's before you just jump into a structural exorcism, you know, and, uh, and then it got to that point. Right. April 74. And it didn't work. No, his advice to uh, Clara was to, to get out and they moved as far away as they could all the way to California. Wow. That's a long way. So the family obviously moved in after them because it's a nice home at the end of the day. And did anyone ever else ever report feeling they did? It was, it was tough. It was tough for me until I actually purchased the house to get the deed because it was all a land lease. Uh, it was bought in, it was bought by the Reese tree farm, uh, they, but they own a lot of property in Cattaraugus County. And what they did is they uh, did their own kind of mortgage. It was a higher interest rate, uh, longer terms with less monthly payments, right. which nobody really could ever finish paying off. It's, it's, a, it's a sucker bet, but they, they make out uh, the, as the loaners uh, because the house always default defaulted back to them. And they got all that money and then they started over fresh with some new people. So there was a lot of that families that that happened to. And I've actually been able to interview some of the families that live there. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody has seen the, um, the two-part series I did on Paraflix, it's called Echo, uh, um, Behind the Shadows Decades. And uh, in, that, in that episode, we really dove into a claim from a family that lived there uh, in the early, in the, I'm sorry, in the late 60s. Uh, where right right after the pond was built and he said that he was a young boy living there with his uncle and he it was snowing out and he thought the pond was frozen over and he took the snowmobile and drove it out onto the pond and it cracked through and fell through the, to the water he went and got his uncle to help him pull it out and when he turned around he saw a man and a woman and a child levitating over the pond without legs ghostly ghostly you know and he said it stuck with him for his whole life and he never wanted to talk about it until his daughter told him that he should. And he, and he told us the story. Right. You know, so there, there was a family that did move in there and they stayed for three months. Uh, they were, they were in and out within three months because what was ever there was affecting them so much that they even left most of their possessions there because they didn't want what was there to know that they left. You know, I mean, wow. so there, there are, there are stories stories even up to the the last families that lived there the 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 misnicks you know they they said things happened you know but they they were an older couple um and it didn't seem like as dramatic as what people said it ha- that happened in the 70s what was ha- when they lived there so i don't know if maybe they just d- didn't uh, you know just being an older couple maybe they weren't just impervious to it as a younger couple but but they definitely acknowledged that there were things that would happen there, but just not didn't scare them. Because the theory is, isn't it, with, with poltergeist activity and that kind of thing, that it's it's actually they're linking on to prepubescent and adolescent children, teenagers and stuff. And it's their energy from what their bodies are going through that gives the, the spirit the energy to do some of the stuff. I, mean, I know that with Enfield, yeah. one of the theories with the with the Perrin Huron family, that was one yeah. of the theories. And even with well. the, the dandiest daughter, Laura, yeah. you know, who was affected there. She was, you know, one of the younger ch- children, uh, children there. But if it's happened to other families who've got in, albeit to a lesser extent, it would make you think that it's the ground itself that's giving off the energy. So it makes me wonder what's in the ground. What, what, what is well, we know that there's oil. We know there's oil in the ground. We know that there's an underground aquifer now. 
uh, that goes from the hill that we actually, because uh, it was actually, um, it used to fill their, their um, what do you call those wells? It used to, mm -hmm. where they got their water from, their, their aquifer. And then that just started pouring out onto the grounds and it was like a swamp in the back. So we actually had to like dig and put a tunnel in so the water would travel through the tunnel to the pond so the land could dry up again like it used to be. Mm -hmm. And that's when we found the, um, were able to discover the foundation that was there. All right. So has anyone ever gone into the, dived in the pond to see if there's anything in there? We have. I have had forensic divers. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a few things that, I, that we've done that I can tell you that we've done ground penetrating radar. We've done uh, forensic diving the pond. But we are in, in, in coordination with what we're doing with Nick. Uh, there's going to be a series coming out that uh, will feature kind of be, be kind of like a paranormal Oak Island type thing that, okay. that on folklore and stories of haunted locations that you actually dive in and do things to, to really dive into the stories and, and, and see what truths come out of them. Well, sounds like um, the thing I'd enjoy. Yes. I mean, we did find... Um, pieces of the barn that burned down in the pond, uh, horseshoe, uh, and then we found some other interesting things that you'll find out about when we release the show. Wow, look forward to it. Look forward this is, to this, it. And this is what, when I said Cassidy got mad at me, this is what she got mad about. <laughs> so. Oh, oh, well, I, I mean. She's, else... not, she's not really mad. She's just like frustrated <laughs> at to figure it out first, you know? Well, one of the other things I found about the area that I thought was was interesting. Have you heard about the uh, Harvey Luddington murder? No. Oh. Now, I don't know where in Hinsdale this was. It definitely says it's Hinsdale. It's, I think it's called the Haskell Flats. I know Haskell. Yeah. Know the Haskell, it's right up the road. Yeah. Well, he actually, from what I can make out, this, and this is all I could get from records I could access here, in 1889, I believe he was 17, and he was having a row with his dad, and he threw a chair at him and killed him. Head oh, wow. injury. He'd also hurt his mum at the same time. Apparently, he just flipped out for no reason um, and threw this chair at his dad um, and fractured his skull, and that ultimately killed him. Now, then I couldn't find a lot about him, what happened to him. I know he was 17, but then it looks like he now this is this was the interesting thing he died in 1895 so whatever he would have been i think no was he i worked here i did work out how old he was when he died he was 20 21 i believe when he died and the address it gives it, all it gives for his death thing is auburn new york state now, auburn 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 auburn, auburn. auburn. Yeah. so i'm wondering if he died in the prison at auburn because obviously that was quite a well-known prison wasn't it because yes. what I did also find is two years beforehand, he was in Allegheny County Jail. Yes. And he was part of an escape of a load of prisoners who escaped from there two years previously. Now, his, the, the reason I thought it was interesting was they said it was completely out of character and they were farmers. And he apparently lost it and, say, threw this chair at his dad and killed him. Hmm. And I thought for the area, that's a that's odd for a, a kid to suddenly lose it and kill their father. Um, yeah, mm. I don't think maybe he didn't mean to kill him, but maybe not. 
maybe not but then the fact he his his address his death address said Auburn New York and the first place I thought of was the prison because obviously it's yeah. quite a famous penitentiary isn't it yeah um so I thought that one was an interesting one and that was that when it came up it's Hinsdale and then it says and then when I, I was looking at his census records it said there he was lived in the Haskell Flats and so I looked it up to see how close it was to Hinsdale um that's yeah, very close but yeah, that that was that was one I found, and that every that that was coming up in a lot of things, but no, not much information. So it would be interesting on that one. Yeah, he was it's either funny noticed- too, like when you when you see these articles, and I've, I've noticed doing start doing research that the Associated Press would would normally not. So like for instance, the Orleans Times uh, record, uh, the the paper in in that county wouldn't usually carry something like that, but then you may find it in Buffalo or San Francisco, or you, you find these stories in all different newspapers throughout the country, but maybe not in the local one. So I found this in UK part. newspapers, this case. See? See? I found it in UK newspapers, and then I went to look at the New York State newspapers to see if it had any extra detail. And that's when I then found out about the Allegheny escape. Um, but then I was looking on birth records and everything for when he died. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, that, I thought that was quite a interesting one. But it you was think maybe maybe he got enchanted. That was my thinking. Maybe. Maybe that just makes me wonder what's going going through the water down there in Hinsdale. It's pretty good. Do you like that one? Yeah. That's Is that good. A, a face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told like, you I'd find something. Yeah, I thought no, that's pretty cool. I still, I'm still on the stagecoach thing because that's another thing, isn't it? That's uh, people have said the stagecoach ran past the house, and I've looked at the Google Maps of it, and I can't work out where it could have been. And I'm, I'm, I'm determined well, Cassidy, to find it out. <laughs> Cassidy has maps showing it going up the main hill, uh, up, up to uh, Rascal, uh, Haskell Road, um, but I, just, just talking to previous residents. Um, and knowing that there was a way station in the field, there's remnants of it there. Um, you can't but help but think that maybe there was maybe an off route that maybe wasn't on a map. Um, I, I don't know. Like just 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 that I've heard from two previous residents, you know, that they said there was a, a dirt road. Where'd the rest of the road go? That the, you know, Dan, Dan O'Brien uh, came up to the house about three years ago. And that's the first thing he said to me. Where's the rest of the road? You know, he was there as a young kid. There used to be a road that went right up, right up the, right up the hill here. I think it's, I mean, for me to, to look that up, you'd need to start looking at what stagecoach companies ran that route. Yeah. What their routes were. And then sort of, I don't know if they kept like logbooks, like almost like captain's logbooks of what happened along the way, whether they were attacked, whether, you know, they, they lost cargo. I don't, I, you know, cause the stagecoach was quite a limited lifetime, wasn't it? It was only about 50 yeah. years worth it ran for. So there's got to be there's got to be something somewhere. It's just where. Maybe that was the shortcut, or maybe that was a, 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 you know how they have like the different routes when you go towards the city, either go through the city or you can go around the city. Yeah, that's what made me made me wonder. Or maybe the stagecoach driver was in cahoots with someone and would take people there to rob them. We will maybe never know. Wow. You, you've only you don't know me well enough yet i'll i won't forget about this every time i see something about stagecoaches in in new york state i'll be like right is there anything i, I can use in this because i won't forget i won't forget now you've mentioned people who've only lasted a few months living in the house 
Oh, so you've owned it now for what? Five, six years? Six years. 2015. I think it's six years. Yeah. Yeah. Has it ever scared you? No, not to the point where I had to, I mean, when I was there investigating when I didn't know, okay, so the first time I ever went to the house, I didn't know that there was a failed exorcism there. And I didn't know until I sat in the house and watched the, the episode of A Haunting, A Dark Forest. And then I found out that I was sitting in the house that that the story was based off. I was a little freaked out, uh, but I've never been so scared where I had to run out of the house or I was frightened that bad. You know, I think I, you become kind of null about that type of stuff after doing it for so many years. And I've had some experiences there uh, that I can't explain, um, captured some really cool pictures and, and really cool things, but it's, I feel more at peace there than I do scared. So do you almost think then whatever is there is kind of grateful for what you've done? Yes, I kind of feel that way, but then I've also had alternatives. So I've had like Greg and Dana Newkirk from the traveling museum of the paranormal occult and the, the group haunt me came there and they kind of did things a little, their theories were, they flipped kind of flipped things around, you know? So they're, they're sitting there in the living room. They actually have a great series. If anybody wants to watch it up on YouTube, uh, they brought in haunted, some haunted items to the house to see how they interacted with the energies that were there. Uh, but the one little piece that I, I, I always focus on is that they, they sat in the living room and they did an EVP session and they said, we don't want to speak to that spirits. We want to speak to the house. Cause you know, not everybody says the house, like it's its own entity, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to speak to the house. What do you want from, what do you want from us? And the, the EVP that they got back was energy. And to me, that just kind of like, so maybe it's being nice to me because I'm feeding it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I just, I just think about these, these type of things, you know, like, they're gonna they're gonna want me to feel good because I keep allowing people to come there to feed off their energy. Uh, maybe I don't know, but for the most part, I think people have positive interactions there. I'd say probably over ninety five percent of the time. So, so it doesn't have like an evil vibe. It it has a darker vibe. It has a heavy vibe. You can feel there's a darker energy there. Right. Um, and it does when it does come out. You know, I just tell people, try to suppress it, try not to acknowledge it, but make sure that you're grounded and leave um, and go do something else for a while because uh, it does. I mean, it's like, I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's not part of the house though. I feel like it's part of what was there prior to the house mm -hmm. being built. Do you know what was that before? No, right. just land, I would suspect. I, I don't know. So could it almost, I mean, uh, you know, this is sort of going above my field of expertise, but could it almost be elemental? Yeah. I mean, we've had elemental research groups come out and, and get things that are unexplainable. We've had cryptid groups out that have picked up things that are unexplainable and uh, even pictures of creatures that we can't explain what they are. Um, and um, why is it such a mecca for everything? I mean, even even as a connection to UFOs, I mean, that, that they've seen in the 70s. We, we were just there doing a tour on Saturday, Saturday night, uh, we're doing a fundraiser for a, a pet rescue. And uh, oh, yes, I saw Paul, Paul, Paul. Autographs. That's it. Yeah. Autographs for the pooches. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were staring up into the sky and we saw some things that we didn't know, like these light bursts. Like, mm -hmm. and 
who knows you know like it looked like they looked like somebody took a mirror and kind of went like this and just kind of went up and down and it was trying to like make a signal to us or something okay it's interesting what about um i mean the 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 name of the county cataraugus cataraugus thank you very much has that got native america is that a native american it is yeah have you spoken to any sort of native americans of the area and said do you know why it's so active here yeah actually one of my tour guides is of seneca nation descent and she's and i've had shamans there uh part of part of me kind of they they focus on these indian burial grounds that Mm. that are there and if you look at the history of the native americans that lived on the property uh, dating back to the Allegheny uh, and and the Native Americans that were there, you have to fall, you have to keep going back as far as the the mound builders were, and how they and how they got absorbed into what different into the different tribes and whatnot. But uh, there definitely was a big Native American element there. There was definitely um, wars, uh, you know, wars fought on the property to the point where the town of Hinsdale got burned down. Many deaths, bloods soaked into the soil. I mean, we found, uh, which I found out that they weren't arrowheads, they were spearheads that we found when we were digging the septic system in the back of the house. And we found spearheads that would have been carved by stone tool and, and used, uh, you know, if, if they were sharpened, they could have been used as a, a killing tool mm. uh, to get animals and stuff like that. Mm. So Hunting. definitely, yeah. definitely is a... Uh, a Native American vibe there, which is why we always pay homage to them, mm. and that, which is why we started the native the, the giving tree up in the back of the house, okay. so people can pay homage to the natives and the energies that are there to know that we come in peace and, and just want positive interaction. Well, the reason I mention it is because they had such a good knowledge of their land and had such a respect for the the spirits of the land and everything else. And I wondered if they sort of had any stories of of the land and what it whether it did have some kind of it's weird energy. though. A lot of uh, certain things they just don't tell you about. Right. You know, they hold it, they hold it into their tribe and it's their tribe's information and they don't tell us. So um, I, you know, I can say that we bring them out and they do healing rituals on the property. So that means that they're healing something, mm. you know, yeah. it's good to know that you're involving everyone. That's, oh yeah. Um, there's, you know, every, everyone has got something to offer. <laughs> whether it's from the different types of researchers, you know, like you say, from the cryptos, from the ufologists, from elemental, from ghost hunters, for want of a better term, to, to Native American groups, everything else. It's, um, it's good to know. It's good to know. I just want to know what, I, I, it, what, what intrigues me is, that's why I asked you if it's ever scared you, but it, it's, if it's frightened the family so much, they left after three months and, and left to make it look like they hadn't left. It must have done something that freaked so, them out. So I'll, I'll tell you a story. So last, during COVID, it was not last June, but the June before that, uh, a friend of mine, Kaylee, was, uh, she lived in, in uh, outside of Hinsdale and she wanted, she'd never experienced anything paranormal and it was slow because of COVID and she wanted to go to the house. So we just planned a day and we were going to spend the night and see what happened. Mm-hmm. And it was quiet. We said kitchen table and we talked and and it got to almost like two three in the morning um and nothing out of the ordinary had happened so we went to go take a nap you know before we had to get up in the morning mm-hmm. and um it was pitch dark in the house except for a little night light that was plugged in and i turned over on the couch and she was on the other couch 
and I felt something brush the back of my neck. And I said, I just felt something, you know, like I know I felt something. I'm not one to say that, that I get touched when I do these investigations. I very rarely have ever said, I think I said that one other time in all the years that I've done this. Mm-hmm. And I, and I turned around and I saw this black shadow, this mass, like go in front of the light, blocked out the light and then went past it. And I just, you just take one of those big, it's right there. You know, this is what we've been capturing on the camera. So I have a live camera right there. You know, like th- I've captured this on the cameras and there it is right in front of me. And uh, it went back and forth and I kicked over. I'm like, Kaylee, Kaylee. And I kicked over on the couch and she turned over. She says, oh my God, oh my God, do you see that I'm not seeing things. It's not an illusion. She's seeing mm-hmm. it too. And it, it proceeded to go back and forth. Didn't do anything to harm us. Didn't come at us. Didn't go anything like that. And then it went into where a room used to be and dissipated. It was gone. And it was like, that was the end of the night for her though. That she was, she was ready to go after that. But I mean, I was, I was okay. I stayed till six 30 in the morning, you know, like I was, that didn't bother me as much as it probably would have if had I just started off, you know? I don't know. I, I can tell you a story about something similar that happened to me and I couldn't leave. <laughs> yeah. I was on holiday. I don't know. Oh. I've only been in the place for two days when it happened and I wasn't going to give up another nearly two weeks of holiday to go home. So I had to work out a different way of dealing with it. But yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I just wonder what could have happened to someone to make them that scared. Well, I think it's the, it's the power of the unknown, you know, and um, if you move into a place, not thinking about it and things start happening, if there's poltergeist activity, if your dogs are diving in front of cars that normally wouldn't have dove in front of a car and Mm. committed suicide. I mean, there's, you know, if when you pile it, when you start piling it on top of each other, like I need to get the hell out of here, you know, I'm, I'm done. Thing is though, you and me, Dan, we'd probably be sit and try and work out what's going on and how to deal with it. Yeah, I think at this point, we both would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try and have a conversation with them and say, look, I'm not here, it's getting pulled down. Yeah, <laughs> what I, I, I've often said at like lectures and stuff that uh, when, I first, when I first saw a shadow person, I ran like a chicken. But today, <laughs> I think I'd run towards it just to see what's going on, you know, what's going on. Can you give me some information here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you off air what happened to me because I think people have heard it before. But so if anyone's in the States and they want to come to Hinsdale, how do they go about it? Uh, the easiest way is just to get in contact with me. Um, no booking uh, for the Hinsdale house gets done without speaking to me first. Um, so I want to make sure that the people that are coming there are reputable um, and that they are respectful and that they have been doing this for a while because I have different different levels of different um things that we offer there so i just want to make sure everybody's good and mm. safe and um if you google go to my website danielclass.com there's links to get in contact with me on any form of social media or my email address or um you just got to get in contact with me and set it up and that's not your only job is it i mean you also work as a produ- producer on i mean no, you see your t-shirt manager. your t-shirt just there there we go on death walker with mr yeah. groff Who's yes. been on my show before? Yeah, how's that I mean, going? How's that new series going? It's going great. I mean, we're um, finishing up season three right now. Uh, I'm still. We still have one, two, eight more shoot dates for that. As far as like reenactments go, we have all the investigation shot. 
And uh, we've already got episode one of season three over to uh, our distributor, which means that that'll be coming over to the UK pretty soon, hopefully over there by October. Brilliant. Brilliant. And, and then we start filming season four in October. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's doing well. Are you any, together... any chance you're coming to the UK for any to film any? I don't think yet. Uh-uh. Not, for, not for season four, but I know that it's on his to-do list. So mm. they get back over there. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. In an hour chatting. That's crazy chatting i'm de- and i'm determined to find some stuff out about stagecoaches now because it's intrigued me like they must have had because i know our stagecoaches in the uk you can get hold of what their roots were so it must be documented somewhere somewhere well if you do that would be that would come in very handy i shall um i'm sure we can come up with a deal if i do find them but uh, on that note yeah everyone go and follow dan uh go and follow the hinsdale house page and everything else see what he's what he's up to he's a busy man um but as you can see there's an awful lot of work goes into running a property and maintaining its reputation i suppose for right. one, of a, one of a better term and class if you pardon the pun um <laughs> anyway on that note on that note one thing we didn't say before i finish this off is we were not only recording this on the hottest day in the uk it's also dan's birthday Oh, yeah. Today. So happy birthday to you, Dan. Thank you. 21 again. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You're going off to celebrate in a little while. Good, good. Well, thank you ever so much for listening, everyone. That has been Haunted Histories with yours truly, Penny Griffiths Morgan. Obviously, keep an eye on the page to see who my next guest will be. But on that note, have a good evening, sleep tight, and don't worry too much about things that go bump in the night. (laughs) 